Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Today, I am dressed up as Barbie radio host Sean Dunham, and I'm joined by my Barbie audio engineer, Sonia Stanger. Hi. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Um, Jeremy is out today because his, quote, wife had a, quote, birthday. Uh, <laughs> or a so likely story. Um, so it's just us, just family, just us two. Um, and we we aren't doing a classic Barbenheimer cl- uh, episode like we had teased because, frankly, neither of us have watched Oppenheimer yet. And I don't know. I kind of was just like, I want Barbie to stand on her own. That's sort of stand the whole point. Stand on her point. own little toes. Yeah. yeah. So instead, we're doing an entire full show about Barbie watchables because there is, you might not know, an extended universe. <laughs> the Barbie extended the universe. The Barbie extended universe is vast and takes place in uh, many timelines, many um, characters. But we will get into that. First of all, Sonia, did you have Barbies? You know I did, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know I did. Um, were a lot of them weird, Barbie? They were. Uh, Not a lot of... Well, honestly, as we will talk about later, I'm like, why wasn't there a billion more weird Barbies? Yeah. Because barely any Barbies made it out alive, gotta yes. say. I think you you either die young or live long enough to see yourself <laughs> become weird Barbie. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I think probably some of my storylines were a little less conventional than, mm. than some. No, you were fanfic. Uh, yeah, like my Barbie was often like a witch who lived out in a cottage in the woods. You were doing cottage core before, <laughs> yeah, and before then, everyone else. And then my Ken, because of course most of us only ever have one or two. I did end up with two, I think, but my original Ken was, and I can't believe she gave this to me, my mother's Donny Osmond Ken okay. from the seventies. Wait, your mom's actual toy? Their actual toy. He had a uh, purple jumpsuit with like sheer pink panels on the like shoulders and like this little belt he was he was fabulous honestly uh, the the donnie and marie like commodification is crazy yeah and the way that marie osmond still will pop up on my for you page <laughs> ch- chugging that, pickle juice or whatever she's doing that might be specific to your fyp i think <laughs> But I'm saying she's out. She's not. She's out taking there. a break. Yeah. She's out here. She is. That's true. Um, and she's so, a, yeah. kind of a huge doll collector herself. Oh, meta. Yeah, and she had. Yeah, she created dolls that look like her and Donnie, and now she keeps. She like sells them on QVC, I think. And honestly, good for her. Get your bag, Marie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, not a Marie show, but yeah, but relevant. So did you destroy your mom's prized Donnie doll? Well, I, I mean, not destroy, but like I was a small child, so... Wear and tear. Well, there's wear and tear, exactly. Weird Barbie, the weird Barbie of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had her vintage uh, 1960s Barbie plane. Okay. Which was very fabulous and which did feature in, spoiler alert, the little montage at the end of Barbie where right. they showed like various Barbies through the ages. I got very excited <laughs> when I saw it. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I had I had I was I was Barbie rich. I'll come out and say that I was mm. I was among not quite the one percent. Land I, poor, I never, Barbie rich. I never got the the Barbie Jeep that you could actually like drive in. No, that kid. That's like a that is a step up. That's ri- that's, that's a rich kid 1%. toy. Yeah, 
when you can get into your Barbies stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? I did not have. Uh, well, I had like Dollarama like dolls, but they were like Megan's or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I also had this weird gem, like a gem in the holograms doll. Um, but she was a different size. So like with other Barbies, she would be like 1.5 of them. She was a really massive woman. <laughs> and, uh, and my memories of that doll are the legs just covered in teeth marks. <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> it's really satisfying to chomp on one of those legs. And you're not wrong about that, and it's true, and you should say it. <laughs> I would chomp one right now if it was here. Yeah, like, I wish I... I do actually kind of wish I had one here to chew <laughs> right this second. And honestly, why didn't any of the Barbies in the movie have big chomp marks on their legs? Um, now, here's a really vulnerable question. Do you currently have any Barbies? Uh, I do, in fact. Okay, this is... We're getting the hot goss. <laughs> I mean, it's not really. Uh, actually, watching Barbie made me feel sad because my Barbies are uh, in a small bin in my basement storage unit oh. of my apartment. Uh, and like when Weird Barbie said that she smells like basement, I felt that. It I was like, you. my Barbies probably smell like basement. Um so yeah, I think I may actually dig them out. I have been thinking about it ever since I saw it. You should, you should document you saving them. I should <laughs> like bathing them and get it, bring them back to life. Oh, I might go viral on TikTok. Maybe I bet that's a thing already. It's probably a market that's cornered, but yeah, but yeah, I was like, oh, but then I was thinking about what uh, would happen to my Barbies in Barbie Land if I were to play with them now. <laughs> you know, oh, like it would definitely the, be irrepressible. The way that they, <laughs> those feelings would. Climate uh, anxiety, Barbie. Them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have any Barbies, mm. but I will take a cruise through a value village or like a antique store and see those collectibles. And I'm like, maybe I want Christmas, uh, like Christmas 98 Barbie or whatever. I don't actually have room or the inclination or the money to be doing any of that. But, but there is absolutely an alternate universe where... You're a, a Barbie collector. Where I've got, yeah, there's like, did you, there's a woman that lives in Saskatoon that has like a gigantic Barbie collection. And of course she became a little popular this season. Mm. I'm like, will she let me come to her house? I was like, she should charge admission. I'm yeah. sure people would love to get some eyes on that. Well, because I think there's a Barbie museum in like Montreal, maybe. My mom went and she was like, she fangirled hard. Did she? <laughs> she did. She loved it. We should have had your mom on the show. Honestly, should have. She's she's on a trip right now, of course. Oh God! Jet setter Barbie. She is, she's got that little scarf. <laughs> Retired jet setter around. Barbie, uh, but she loved it. Is is the hot take that I'll? Give. Okay. She she saw it before I did and was like, "You're gonna love it," and she was right. Um. Well, let's get into it then. So Barbie just surpassed hundred or hundred one billion dollars at the box office. Did you see this coming? Uh. Honestly, kind of. Okay. I mean, I was pretty hyped for it, as you know. Yeah. Um, like many women and women adjacent and femme people. Um, and especially because it was, you know, Greta. Like, I was like, this is the Barbie movie that I need. I Yeah, I think that I wouldn't have been intrigued mm -hmm. until I was like, but it is Greta Gerwig and she does have 
an interesting point of view on many projects. So I'm like, maybe there's going to be something here. Well, and like, she's who I want to hear about girlhood from, you know? Yeah. You can't do girlhood like Greta. True. But but that didn't make me necessarily sure that it would be a huge hit. Like, I was kind of interested to see um, whether her kind of like existentialist, like feminist Barbie movie would still make big bucks. Well, isn't it funny? So, like, remember... So we would see the marketing campaigns. They were everywhere. But in a way that, like, so was M3 again. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. like the way that though that enveloped our entire life, too. I was like, maybe this is going to translate to so few sales that... I'm, but I'm just, like, the weird bubble that I'm in tricks me to believe that it's going to be extremely popular. So the way that everyone has been going surprised me. Even I was at a family, like, gathering, you know... 10-year-olds to 70-year-olds, and many of them were like, oh, I saw it, I went, and I was like, I guess you have to, to get these cash. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm like, what does the average, what does the average person who considers themselves kind of in the middle on the whole feminism question think of the Barbie movie? That's who we should have had on the show. Where would we find them? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know any of them, but we got to get out of our little bubble, I guess. Impossible. Um, But yeah, it's a hit. It's a hit. So, I guess, do you want to give a, <laughs> we, I was like, should we do a, uh, we get into a plot recap? Probably not. Well, I mean, it's been maybe enough time at this point. I mean, we should say at the outset, big time spoilers for the Barbie oh, movie. Oh, you're talking spoiler alert? This is spoiler this alert. This is spoiler alert, baby. And like, you know, we don't necessarily have to say everything about it. But no, it is still in theaters, yeah. but uh, many people have seen it as well. Well, yeah, just statistically speaking. Um... Well, so the the plot summary is kind of, we start in Barbie land, where the Barbies live. Technically, we start pre-Barbie. Well, yes. <laughs> we start the, with, that we sequence s- is hilarious. We but. start with an homage to 2001 A Space Odyssey that is, honestly, note perfect, I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. There ends with children uh, smashing their baby dolls yeah. to embrace their the Barbie queen. Yeah, but. instead of the giant plinth, it's Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, thank you, we transition to Barbie land, where we meet a uh, stereotypical Barbie, Margot Robbie, in her perfect Barbie dream house and having her perfect Barbie day. Um, and we sort of get the lay of the land, and then we find out that uh, not all is as it seems for stereotypical Barbie. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of... Uh, existentialism and death yeah. are creeping into her perfect world and things are going off the rails. So then she decides to go on an adventure mm-hmm. to the real world and find her Barbie owner because apparently the Barbie owner's feelings transfer to the Barbie. Yeah. Which, plot-wise, I'm like, why is this the only <laughs> child that or person that has experienced sadness or sad thoughts um, in the history or that no one else has, but, you know, that's not really part of the film. Yeah, it takes a little, uh, you know, a little broadening of the imagination because if you start to think about it on a kind of literal level, you're like, well, there have to be multiple Barbie lands because just, just numbers-wise, there aren't as many Barbies here as people on Earth. True. Who have Barbies, so... Yeah, no, well, right. I think we you're just right saw a little it. neighborhood. I yeah, think our, that's kind of how I feel. Too. We were just in a in a bay of Barbieland. Yeah, maybe a suburb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then it it kind of goes from there, and there's a big adventure, and we all learn things about ourselves, and 
And uh, yeah, about about business, about masculinity, <laughs> yeah, patriarchy. It is a, f- it's such a like she did. She really pulled off such a tricky thing mm-hmm. of making an extremely consumerist film. It's about Barbie. It made a billion dollars, um, but also made it feel like it was a little underground and a little secret, and. Socially aware. Socially aware, but also like broad, like broad enough appeal to everybody. Ha- poked fun and critiqued Mattel and big business, but also them, got them to approve yeah. it and got them to come off uh, pretty okay. They didn't mm. paint them as the villain. There's not really a villain, to be honest. Well, they they are the villain, but I mean, this is kind of my biggest beef with the movie mm-hmm. is that. They know that it will make them so much money, that it's such an effective marketing tool for them, that they, like, feel comfortable kind of, like, joking about the, their all-male, like, executive team when, in fact, they do have an all-male executive team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it's, like, an interesting line to walk for sure. It is such an interesting line. And she really, like, she put, threaded the damn needle. She did. She surely did. So, yeah, did did you like it, Sean? I did like it. I had a lot of fun. Um, uh, what did I? What am I going to say? The soundtrack, incredible. Mm-hmm. Really adds. Um, there's a lot of songs on there that has been a slow trickle before the film coming out that uh, are still on my walk around the lake list right now. <laughs> Excellent. And just the, the sheer amount of Easter eggs, like. And cameos and, like, little bits that you cannot, a person can barely keep up with. Like, I don't know my Barbie history that much. Like, this 1983, like, little-known one, blah, blah, blah. But there was a lot of, like, every character in that was a pitch-perfect, like, outfit recreation. And every single person is played by someone you recognize. Like... It was crazy. Yeah. Um, The casting, I think, was amazing. The performances were amazing. The aesthetic, like, just aesthetically, they nailed it so utterly that it just, like, scratched an itch in my brain. Yeah. So I was thinking about, because so the visuals are begins in Barbie Land. Everything is so squeaky clean. Everyone's impossibly beautiful. But then they go to normal like real world and they make Margot less like luminous but also still incredible looking because she's Mar- Margot and then when she really loses her power they somehow make her like they take away some sort of lumin- luminousness from her that was really like I was like there's some real trickery going on here. Yeah, it communicated very effectively her state. Yeah, I was like, how did you pull this off? But yeah, the Barbie world, I was like, what is the, the pink paint uh, thing where they just basically caused like a worldwide pink paint shortage? Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it was like uh, they they got bought every pink paint that you can possibly find to set up this set. That's so interesting. I saw this... Um, little clip of the costume designer talking about how they like narrowed down to like six different shades of pink that they used for everything to kind of make sure that it like 
wouldn't be clashing because there's literally so much pink. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, just on a, just the way that like color is layered and you're just being like inundated with this pink, but like, yeah. it looks so good. Cause like the world is like insane. Like mm-hmm. pops, uh, is completely surreal. And then when they go to the real world, the characters from Barbie land still are as like vibrant like completely popping out of the real world but everyone else is like somehow lit normally and yeah yeah and like the clothes like so when you're talking about costume designer like that person had their damn work cut out and i i really think they should win an oscar yeah that's what i think like Like, because not only just like was it Incredible, but they also had to do very, um, you know, note perfect recreations yeah. of a lot of like iconic Barbie, uh, Barbie pieces, and I think they did amazingly. I think so too. And they like, yeah, they like walked that line of like having things that looked kind of fresh and I guess real in a way, like a lot of Margot's outfits. Yeah. Like and that a then, real person could wear. Yeah, but but elevated from that, like kind of this almost like magic realism of fashion. Um, and then sprinkling in like all those really iconic ones. Like they they kind of married the two, I think, really well. Mm-hmm. And there were just so many times when like she would change an, into an outfit and I would just go, <gasps> like it just it, yeah. it hit. And also every single person in the background like is yeah. also wearing just as like, yeah. It was it was quite the marvel. Yeah. And like I really love the way they like designed the dream house to kind of capture like you were saying all those kind of easter eggs and like nostalgia bits about playing with Barbie like how she floats down the stairs and how like the back of her fridge is like printed on. Yeah. And like no actual water comes out when she takes a shower like That would have been uh, the set deck of of that house would have been so fun. Yeah. And yeah, all of her like little um, like dishes and oh, it's crazy. Yeah, like it just is so wild how compelling that is. <laughs> the nostalgia factor cannot be underestimated. Um. So then we meet uh, Barbie's owner, who is America Ferrer's daughter, which I forget her name. Sasha. Sasha. We meet Sasha, and she's like, "Hey, I'm your Barbie." And then Sasha's like. Oh, Barbies are over. Barbies suck. Um, Barbies have set us back. Yeah. And so then we find out, oh, that America Ferreira has been silently, quietly playing with Barbies and putting her own adult sad feelings about um, missing her daughter, the relationship with her daughter and feelings of... The pressures of adulthood. Existentialism, pressures of adulthood and putting it onto Barbie. And that's what's giving her these insane feelings that she's never felt before. Um, and what my feelings are a little bit, when she, Barbie discovers that being human is complicated and hard because you have all these hard feelings and you have things with your body are never perfect. Uh, but she discovers that being a human is also beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you would think that that realization would maybe come at the end or after she had has her adventure, but it actually comes moments after she steps into the human world, which I thought was interesting. Like, 
You know, when she sees that woman on the bench? Yeah. And I was like, why didn't they have this sort of as the her ending, like leaving the world and being like, oh, being a human is beautiful and I'm going to stay? Mm-hmm. I think for me, I thought that was kind of a f- an interesting, like, disruption of the, like, hero's journey arc and, like, I don't know, kind of classic story structure, classic patriarchal story structure, um, where, like, she didn't need to have, like, a big revelation necessarily Mm -hmm. at the end to make it meaningful. Like, she could kind of, like, I don't know. And I think for me it was, like, she also, it was, like, a gradual, like, her learning that was gradual rather than it being, like, this big movie thing that happens at the end. Mm Mm-hmm. And in a way, I don't know, I found it kind of impactful. Okay. And also I think it did kind of drive the story in terms of her, like she kind of needed to realize that to like want to set things right for humanity, Mm, which is like her kind of arc, her adventure arc Yeah. in the second half. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really touching. And also I think, I think there's like something kind of complicated going on there in terms of her relationship to like womanhood and like figuring out what that means that kind of needed to happen not at the very end mm-hmm. i don't know okay i think there's a lot of complicated womanhood stuff happening yeah fair <laughs> that I, I feel a little bit outside of in a weird way one of my favorite jokes is in barbie land a barbies are every occupation and so when she arrives in the real world with ken and she's feeling a little discombobulated and she's like oh uh, she sees, like, construction happening, and she's like, I need the, like, calming presence of women in my life, and runs over to the construction. Yeah, and then she's, she's like, like, oh, my God, they're yeah. all men. She's like, a construction site at noon, that's where we'll get, like, the feminine energy we <laughs> <Yeah>. need. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah the, those, those, that whole sort of scene of her realizing that the world is different was so funny like every line there when she's looking at the billboard of Miss America and she's like, oh, it's the Supreme Court. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ken's like, they're so brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, it was interesting, like her, cause so the, the film starts out and the Barbies believe that they have basically solved all of womanhood's problems in the real world. Uh, that Barbie has fixed everything. Uh, so she gets quite a rude awakening, but, um, yeah, I found, her and Ken's like realization of patriarchy both so hilarious and so painful to watch Mm -hmm. at the same time yeah because it and I feel like that's kind of how she gets you you're like watching it and they're making like lots of great jokes I mean Ryan Gosling's Ken is just like yeah (laughs) it's own thing I I don't feel any uh threats of violence at all and she's like weird because I do feel this yeah (laughs) yeah um it kind of like sucks you in with the jokes and then you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is our very bad world that we've created Yeah, <laughs> where masculinity is this really toxic thing and it doesn't have to be. Um, but yeah. Yes. Ken has a major, I feel like, and so Ken is another one where it's like, is Ken the bad guy? No, he doesn't end up to be the bad guy. Like, like he does bad things. Yeah. And I do think it's important we hold Ken accountable because for me, the the first watch, uh, I have seen it twice, I I got caught up in the silly little guy of it all. 
I was, oh, and I then you're like, you can't silly little guy charm. your way out of this one. Yeah, and then I was like, wait, he, spoiler alert, Ken does some really bad things. He evicts He steals Barbie cells. He tries to take over the government. He's yeah. really rude. Just rude. He's quite <laughs> He's rude. So rude. Um, but yeah, like for me, that was a very effective allegory of like, like this kind of very pure, innocent, like silly being, like basically a little boy who then kind of gets like too much power educated mm-hmm. about patriarchy and that feels good because he appreciates like the feeling of power and being appreciated and then that like soaks into his brain and then turns him into something really toxic mm-hmm. and so yeah like i mean hopefully we don't need to say this for the listeners there's been a lot of rhetoric about how this is anti-men and I think it's important to say that, like, it's anti-patriarchy. It's not anti-men. It's actually very much advocating for men's freedom from patriarchy and, like, abilities to be themselves and, like, be free. Mm-hmm. So. Our listeners. Our listeners know. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I think that, but I just think just to say it. I know. Our don't phone. don't let the Piers Morgans <laughs> phones start ringing off the hook. Ben Shapiro's of the world fool you. The outrage farming is real. Our outrage farming. Yeah. That's How the only you- blue collar work I'll do. And <laughs> <laughs> your full denim shirt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Sean. Like, how did how did you feel as a man watching this? I guess it's as a queer man. There's maybe different shades to that, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Obviously, like. I get like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but in a lot of ways, I'm like, it didn't say like, it didn't really make its point as hard as I thought it could have been. Honestly, mm. but like, it just it was a little. Uh, it was. Co- I felt it made it a bit of a soft point, but. Um, but maybe if you're still, if you're just thinking about ideas like this, or it is a nice like first step of you being like. Oh, is the world, like, unequal? And the the fact is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think it's kind of like you were saying before. Like, it had to walk that line Mm -hmm. of mass appeal. Or not had to, but, like, that's what she was trying to do. And so I think there's kind of some value in it being a bit basic or, like, intro-feminism is how I've heard people describe it. Yeah. Like, I think... Those criticisms criticisms are super valid, and yes, like I do want more films that go further in terms of unpacking patriarchy and talking about feminist ideas. But to me, there also is a shade of the exact thing that America Ferrera is talking about in her. It's monologue. like you have to do with everything. Yeah. You have to be perfect. Like the kind of part of the climax of the film is this monologue that America Ferrera has about like basically the deep cognitive dissonance of being a woman under the patriarchy and like yeah how you have to be you know thin but not say you're trying to be thin and you know love your kids but don't talk about them all the time yeah etc etc which like is like you said like duh honestly Mm -hmm. but there is something really powerful in just hearing someone in a like movie that made a billion dollars just say that true and I think a lot. It like meant a lot to a lot of people to kind of like hear those words said. So, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like we should have the conversations about all of this stuff. And also, I really love it for what it is. And that. And with that. <laughs> and with that. I mean, it's actually. Oh wait. We still have another minute. Oh, do we? Well, then let's continue. 
for a We haven't been in the uh, studio that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're live. <laughs> I don't know how, to, how the thing works. We're doing works. great. Um, okay, well, let's talk about all the amazing little little actor cameos that mm, are in mm-hmm. this, which is like... Like Shudi Gatwa, like um, Issa Rae. You've, there's a billion people in this. Who is your favorite little like, oh my God, it's them? Um, well, there were a lot of those. Like, this, I don't know if this is even that, but Michael Sarah as Alan. Yeah. <laughs> who, Alan is a discon- was a discontinued Barbie from the 60s, I think, who had a very short run and was described as Ken's buddy and all of Ken's clothes fit him and he wears a rainbow shirt. So Alan was discontinued for being too gay is basically what happened. Um, and he, I think he's been absorbed as kind of like a, a non-binary mm. uh, representation moment by the community because he's sort of this like, he's kind of outside the Barbies and Ken's. Yeah. Um, and I just think he played that so great. Yes. And I also loved Emerald Fennell as Midge just popping in, pregnant, just a wave high. Yeah. Never a word spoken. Yeah, like, it was kind of meta, honestly, what they did with Midge. Yeah, they're like, Midge is here, but Midge will never speak. But with that, uh, we have to go brush our Barbie's hair and hear a word from our sponsors, so we will be right back with more Spoiler Alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we're back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking Barbie watchables in a minute, but first we'll play a little game, lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have a lawsuit. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't afford it right now. <laughs> Me neither, babe. Don't worry. I think that's fair use. Because um, I was doing it with my mouth. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, and maybe unrecognizable tune. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. Okay, well now we now I'm going to sue, sue you me. No for emotional damages. <laughs> uh, okay, so obviously Jeremy's not here. So Mama's driving the train today. Yes, Mama. Luckily, <laughs> so, we're on tracks. For those who don't know, or for the or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend just like hours and hours looking for a title related to our topic that Sean has not seen. I tell him the title, he tells me what he thinks it's about, I tell him what it's really about, and we all have just the the darn tootinous time. Yes. Hey, Sean, are you ready to play the game? I am. Okay, I want to get a point. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily the fairest judge in the world, no, but not. if you get it right, what can I do? Uh, so today's title is... Barbie Nation. Uh, <laughs> Barbie Nation. An unauthorized tour. An unauthorized tour. Mm-hmm. Barbie Nation, an unauthorized tour. What do you think it's about? Okay. Well, it feels like someone going a little gonzo, like a journalist doing a little documentary on a touring... I. I don't know, a touring Barbie exhibit and they keep trying to get in uh, and they keep, and they're like a little too, you know, they're too much in it and they keep getting kicked out. Uh, But they always bring in their cell phone and they always get footage and then this like the same sort of security guy always kicks them out but then they become kind of friends and he becomes a bit of a character of of the documentary. Of this man following the Barbie exhibit all around this country. That's good. I that sounds really good. I think you should make that. 
I would love to. It's going to be unauthorized for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Sean. I feel like Barbie Nation is the creepiest yeah, phrase I've ever heard. It's wild. Uh, I won't say you're wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms because you touched on some key aspects. Okay, a point? It's like Ooh. a Barbie shoe-sized fraction of a point. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't know how we add that <laughs> into the total, but I'll give you, I will give you a Barbie-sized point. A shade, okay. Yeah. That she could hold in her tiny little plastic hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Barbie Nation, an unauthorized tour, is a 19, 1998 documentary by Susan Stern. And it's described as a look into the bizarre world of Barbie, delving into the history of the doll, the ironies behind her conception, and her devout and truly unique fan base. The, okay. So I like read a little bit about this. It sounds interesting. I think I'd like to watch it. It's available on various streaming platforms. And initially, Mattel threatened to sue the director who was making this. And then basically, she figured out that legally, like, they couldn't stop her. And then eventually, she showed them a cut of the movie, and they were okay with it enough to, like, license her some old Barbie commercials and, like, give her a quick statement or something. Okay. But some of what they had trouble with, problems with is that she she does explore, like, all of the facets of Barbie fandom, some of which are... Cookie. Cookie and like kinky and like yeah. people do weird stuff with Barbies. Um, you know, as you do. So yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, that does sound interesting. And kind of explores, I think, probably some of the things that are like that Greta Gerwig did a really good job of like winking at, but mm-hmm. not necessarily solving. Right. In this film. Um Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank oh right. Thank you, Sean, for playing the game. Thank you for playing the game with me. <laughs> yeah, you're we don't know how to do this Yeah, we're d- it's like, we're missing one. We're missing one. Okay, let's get back into a Barbina. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that there is a many Barbie films, actually? Mm-hmm. Not just a single. In fact, there's 40 that I could find on IMDb. Wow. And they have, they're like, I feel like you probably know the vibe. Like they're like a weird cartoon. Mm-hmm. The graphics are like a little bit like um you know when you get when you used to get like video games and cereal boxes, the graphics it's are very, very that. bad. It's very that. And there were some Barbie video games that were also that. Yeah, and like so just reading IMDb, there's Barbie Fairytopia, Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus 3D. Oh. Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia. (laughs) Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses. There's a million. But I don't really understand. So, like, many of the films don't really need her to be Barbie. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're just like... So, uh, I watched a few this week. One is Barbie as Princess and the Popper. And it is the story of Princess and the Popper. Barbie somehow is an actress because she and she plays the character but her character's name is like whatever esmeralda i don't know (laughs) i forget um but it's like so what is barbie's uh, why is barbie here really why is barbie barbie why is barbie a barbie (laughs) well and i think the like simple and unfun answer is capitalism (laughs) yeah because mattel was trying to use films as advertising right which they have now successfully done, but I think it's arguable whether those are they all from the early two thousands. Uh, I'm 90s? sure they're like 
Let me see. Let me look back on my list. Yeah, I think I think they're like early early. Yeah. Um, it's. I think the first one is 2001, mm-hmm. and the last one is 2021. Barbie, big city, big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Barbie, pig in the city. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so honestly, Barbie plays a pig. <laughs> I mean, well, and there's no way they cost much to make. Oh, so I think it's sort of like any return. <laughs> Even though the two that I watched had two well, sort of big names attached. Yeah. Um, but yeah, normally I'm sure they're like. Uh, but the same actress just voices every single person or whatever. And um, so I watched Barbie as the Princess and the Pauper. Which is the full title, by the way. It's Barbie, it's Barbie as. as. That's what I mean. Key. This That's is what's so weird. And um, and it was a musical. Mm-hmm. And some of the songs were kind of good. Some of them were kind of good. And some Which of them like, are okay. snooze fests. Yeah, some are snooze. Um Basically, it's like, oh, uh, this woman, she's a princess. She doesn't want to be a princess anymore. Tails all the time. Uh, Popper doesn't want to be a popper, obviously. (laughs) As you would. (laughs) Hates being an indentured servant. (laughs) And so then they switch places. And then, but the only, because they suddenly somehow look the exact same. Never explained. And the one, the only way you can tell them apart is because one has a birth, the princess has a birthmark that's a crown. And then there was a <laughs> and there was a moment where the popper was looking at it, and I was like, "She's gonna show her birthmark. It's gonna be like a broom or something that like <laughs> essentially showed that she was poor and she was rich, but she actually just didn't have one." Um, and yeah, and then they whatever live, and then they come back to life, or come back to their own <laughs> things. They fall in love, but there's a. Not with each other, unfortunately. Martin Short is yes. uh, the voice of what's his name? <laughs> Preminger. Preminger, that the old evil, name. The, the evil advisor, of course. And he has he has a dog that made me question if they'd ever seen what a dog looks like. <laughs> it's like you know, like a dog from a Renaissance painting. <laughs> yeah, you're like it's literally like this person's. You know what dogs dog. look like? Yeah, and um, and so then. Martin Short tries to take over the kingdom. Oh, the princess and the pauper save it. The kingdom is saved because of the geode industry at the end. (laughs) (laughs) They discover that they have a bunch of geodes. Mining is the answer. Yeah. And so that was that film for me. But I have talked to a friend of the show, uh, Carly, Carly Judge, who is a Barbie connoisseur. And she assured me that these two were the the hits. The (laughs) The big girls... Which I was like, man, maybe I should watch all of them. <laughs> I mean, if that's if that's your takeaway from these, Sean, I find that fascinating. Yeah. Tell, so tell what was the other one you watched? Well, then the other one is Barbie in the Nutcracker. Right in in is the Barbie, not style. Barbie as the Nutcracker, which no. I would have liked to see. Um, which I haven't seen this one. This one I a little bit blacked out during. <laughs> it was very action heavy, but mm-hmm. the way that the graphics were it made it very hard to tell what even you were seeing <laughs> like what you were physically looking at um and who plays the evil rat but tim curry oh the most tim curry role you know what maybe i have seen it like maybe i actually watched this one as a child you could have um she uh what what is it? the a woman 
is like <laughs> a, woman, a woman, a woman named Barbie. A woman is transformed. Uh, she gets a nutcracker for Christmas. Uh, the evil rat makes the nutcracker come to life, shrinks her down to her his size, and then they have to go to like on a mission to get her to go back to normal. And then, oh, surprise! She has the power all along. It ends in an insane sort of dance off. Oh yeah, with the camera just circling camera. these <laughs> the camera. <laughs> the camera does circle the yeah. cinematography. And and there's big dance sequences, but they're all by, like, Sims. <laughs> and so the action is really weird. Shoo-shoo. <laughs> yeah. Very that. Um, so anyway, those are, those are the two Barbie films that I watched, the yeah. Barbie Watchables. And, and I, I think w- it's important to say we cannot overstate the, the uncanny valley effect that you get from watching these. I felt crazy. Yes. I felt absolutely crazy. The way they move and look. Um, and like, I, I'm sad that Jeremy wasn't here for this because mm. I know that he has been knee deep in the <laughs> Barbie in the universe. In the trenches. He with, has like a six-year-old With daughter. his daughter. And so I did want to know what he had seen. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get the scoop next week. Do a quick Barbie segment with Jer. A Barbie, yeah, exactly. A Barbie corner. So have you ever, you've, what was your interaction with these when you were a kid? Yeah, I was like, I think just too old for them, just on the cusp. Because I feel like I see a lot of Gen Zs on TikTok talk about these being like foundational. Yes. Um, But yeah, like I, I maybe saw like a couple of them, but I don't think... I don't think they really did it for me because I was that was not they didn't align with my conception of Barbie. I, I no, I don't get them. Yeah, that's not who our girl is. That's but. not who our girl is. And so, like, I guess transitioning back to Greta Gerwig's Barbie for a second, mm-hmm. like, I think one of the things that it did well was kind of capturing this idea that Barbie's not one thing. There's not one kind of Barbie. No, Barbie is a concept. Mm-hmm. She's an idea. She's and an there's idea. Infinite Barbies. So, like, it's I don't know. It just this really worked for me. The scene where they're all going around being like, "Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Well, Hi, Ken! <laughs> Hi, Barbie!" The, the job where I work at, I have to write TikToks sometimes for, and I used that sound a few times. Good for you. Because you know, I'm like, this is trending, and it's funny. It's very funny. It's a fun sound. It's cute. It's cute. Like, it's just, it's cute and it makes me happy. And, um, and honest, okay, this is an aside. All of the Kens, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with all of the, the Kens and all the actors that play the Kens. They're excellent. Because they're all, like, Marvel Universe, like... Simulu. Like, yeah, and all of them have, like, like we've got Doctor Who, we've <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. yeah, we've got, like... Marvel's heroes, and then they're all just like playing these little goofy, doofy little dudes. And they have a that fight, they have a <laughs> war where they're all using like tennis rackets and a dance off, a big and dance off. Yeah, it was just so silly, and I appreciated that. Yeah, the Kens really, really, they did were something secret, for hero, me. secret yeah. hero for me. They, the Kens, and like specifically Ryan Gosling as Ken, um, you know. Again, not to f- not to put all the focus on Ken because it's not his movie, and that's fine. 
we're so used to having men center that everyone's literally like, oh, they're so mean to the Kens. The Kens are fine, you guys. Kens are having a great time. They're just not the center of attention, and they could make their own thing if they wanted to. Anyway. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't go on my rant. <laughs> the Kens can make their own thing. The Kens are Kenuff. <laughs> um, I cannot hear the word Kenuff well, ever again, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, did I kind of want that sweater the second I saw it? Yes. But by the time you arrived, you throw it right in the garbage? Well, no. Like, and, then, and then I looked and Mattel's selling it for like $90. And I was like, <gasps> oh, this is exactly why they put this in the movie. Oh, those And little... then my crotchety anti-capitalist self said no. Those little sneaks. <laughs> but gotcha. um, famously, Ryan Gosling did not want to do or, or didn't think he was right for the part when Greta initially approached him. And honestly, I would have said the same thing. Well, right. And then I love the way he's been doing the marketing for this film where he's basically method. Like he's sort of in character as Ken a little bit. Yeah. And is talking a lot about his Kennergy and how he tapped into that and just saying nothing. And I, I think that's a good way to get through yeah. an insane marketing blitz, especially the way that they have had to do. They've had to do, I'm sure, thousands of interviews. Yeah. And I'm sure a good way is to plop on a little character, and then you're just in, you're out. And it's fun, and I can I I'm I've been eating it up like I just I'll watch any interview of him being Ken. Yum yum yum. And so he like he just nailed it. He nailed this like slightly like just insecure, desperate for Barbie's attention, but like so charming in his like <laughs> patheticness. Yeah. And just, I don't know, just like he, he goes big at the right moments. He's like, he it really did it for me, honestly. Yeah, it was a very good performance. They both actually, like, Margot's is obviously a lot more understated than his. Mm-hmm. But I thought she's she also did really well. I agree. She wasn't given, you know, it's a little one note. But yeah, like there's not a lot of character development just with what it is. Yeah. But did it end with the best line possible which is when she she stays in the the human universe and then she is going into like the building and you think she's like going to get a job or whatever and it says she's like i'm here for my gynecology appointment yeah it's very it's a fun twist at the end it was such a good i was like what a good pin Mm. to just like end this on well especially because they did a good job of like like making jokes about their like complete lack of genitalia. Yeah. And like throughout the film and so it's kind of this psychotic symbolic thing that she's become human. I yeah, I love And she's wearing Birkenstocks. The sort of the child like like that they only really know what the child knows. Yeah. And so when he's like, "Should I stay over?" <laughs> and she's like, "And do what?" And they're like, "I don't know." I'm actually not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But true, it's like, yeah, we put the Barbies in the bed and then we leave the room or whatever because we don't know what they happens next. Yeah, mine just went under the covers. You give them some good privacy. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) You're like, I'll leave you alone. I I expose them to other forms of indignities, but that (laughs) that wasn't wasn't my style. Um, One thing we have to talk about, which we haven't yet, Mm -hmm. is Weird Barbie. Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie. Yes. Um, What are your feelings about her? Okay, if I'm being honest... Kate McKinnon doesn't usually make me ha that often, oh. I gotta say. Um, but the concept of a weird Barbie is very funny. And that she was always stuck in those splits. Yes, that really put it over the yeah. edge for me. 
And I did like the 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 weird the weird dolls in general because they were like the sort of misfits. Um, the bizarre ideas that Mattel had, like the one with a TV in TV its back, in her, or the her like back. Thank you. Uh, the magic earring part, uh, magic, <laughs> magic earring can, who was also discontinued for being super gay. Yeah, where they like I I forget where they like interviewed a bunch of like teen girls about what they thought was like attractive. <laughs> And it all basically was like men that dress really flamboyantly and have earrings and like have a weird, like literally, a, I don't know if I can say yeah, that. I don't think you can. A ring in a certain size. A ring in a certain size <laughs> hanging around his neck. So it was like, this is extremely sexual and weird. Yeah. But, and gay. And gay. I think that was in the 80s. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. But what do you feel? What do you think about the kind of like queer codedness of Weird Barbie? Did you have any feelings about that? Well, so of Weird Barbie. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what could be weirder? Well, that's like it felt pretty clear to me the queer coding. Not only having Kate McKinnon as a yeah. queer actress perform like doing the role, um, but just the way she's kind of like outside of the the Barbies. She's sort of like represents this idea of like like she literally says at one point you either have to be brainwashed or ugly and weird and it's kind of like i mean that's a broader issue of femininity in general but that sort of is the like queer woman experience yeah. in a way and honestly why wasn't there any scissoring that well, is what the barbie and that's, that's what the my basis barbie's, barbie is built on i wasn't gonna say it sean but let's be honest <laughs> that's what the barbies be doing and i think the fact that there's only one of her and she's like very denigrated by the other barbies makes yeah. that queer coding a little bit complicated yeah she's like not vindicated necessarily in the way that she maybe could be yeah and I agree with you. I think it would. I think it would solve some of the problems if there were a bunch of weird Barbies, and she wasn't just on her own. Yeah, it, I'm like in this world where it's like this is what makes a weird Barbie. It's like, well, then there would be a thousand of them, because as <laughs> no Barbie makes it out unscathed. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, another gripe that I would like to bring up, uh, Greta, I think very cleverly was super explicit about including a lot of diversity in this film, mm -hmm. including a bit of body diversity, and I will say a bit. Oh, yeah. We got a one. We got one. I mean, we got um, Nicola... I forget how to say oh, the last name. Oh, yeah. Cowan, From uh, Derby. From Dairy Dairy Girls. Dairy, Dairy, Derby <laughs> Dairy Girls and Bridgerton, yeah. who, like, you know, isn't says a very thing. big. Says but a thing. Isn't, and isn't very big, but, like, yeah. is Hollywood fat, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there is one fat Barbie who is beautiful, and I loved her performance. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Me Sharon Rooney or something, I think. Okay. Um, but my Sharon. gripe is they gave fat Barbie sleeves, long sleeves, and she was covered head to toe in every single scene. Yeah, I, I knew this as well. Free fat Barbie. <laughs> give fat Barbie a crop top. Let her have an arm out, for like, God's sake. They did give her really cute outfits, like... I really liked that it was never commented on about her weight. Like, she was just part of the Barbies and, like, fit into Barbie land. But there were a lot of times when, like, and there were varying degrees of outfits. Like, it wasn't, like, every other Barbie mm -hmm. had on something revealing and she had sleeves on. But she did have sleeves in every single scene. I kept track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I hear that. 
And it doesn't, and I think it does need to be said that, like, Mattel wants us to believe that Barbie has become more diverse than it is. Like, there still is only one larger size Barbie, and she's, like, maybe a size 12 real-world analog. <laughs> like, she, like, there isn't a fat Barbie yeah. in real life. So, Mattel... Nice try. You got us. I guess. You're trying to you get did, us. I mean, you did sort of get us. You got us. You got, you got a billion you, you people got my to money. see the movie. They're going to try and like do this again now. Oh, God. The onslaught of um, of like dolls and games that are like coming out now. I'm yeah. Like, this is going to... This is going to destroy my viewing for the next like three years. But... <sighs> yeah. That is a really annoying thing when something kind of happens organically or like is really successful and then Hollywood's like, oh, we Polly have to Pocket the movie. Yeah, yeah like, like, we have to do exactly the same. They're doing like, like, what is it? Connects? The movie? Like, Connects? Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Like, Hasbro has this whole list of like 12 toy and game franchises that they're releasing as movies now. Okay, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That one is kind of a good idea. What's up with that? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but I can see, like, there's at least something there. Like, it's like, there's two guys. Like why do they each hate other. each other so much? Yeah, like What's I the could, beef? I do want to know their backstory. <laughs> why but is like, blue and red? Connect four. I think one of them is literally Connect Four. And what could that possibly <laughs> do? What what plot? <laughs> it feels what like a character? joke. Yeah, that does seem like a joke. But I mean, Capitalism. Maybe they just. Maybe it's one of those things where they're like, if we put it like the idea forward, no one can like steal it, and we mm. might we might not use it, but the at TM, least we have TM, it. TM of it Very all. Very TM TM. <laughs> Okay, well, should we do a super quick what you're watching, or do you yeah. have anything else to say about Barbie? No, no, no. I think that is totally appropriate. Cool. Um, well, what are you watching? Um, I'm like, oh wait, I'm maybe not watching anything. Um, I think I, I think you weren't here when I talked about this. I have been watching a really garbage Bravo reality show called Below Deck. Oh yes, I'm familiar. Yeah, <laughs> as I comfort watch recently, uh, it's awful. But I can't stop watching. I uh, I hear that. Um, what am I? I'm also not watching a lot right now. I just finished. Oh, I just started watching the new season of Only Murders in the mm. Building. Very good. I think it, it just keeps getting better. The writing keeps getting funnier. This new season has Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd. I'm like, and in a ways that like, I feel like. It, and a show like this, with if there's a, a famous person in a small role, it's like, well, they're going to be the killer, or like something's going to happen. But now it's like I think that they're all just here, without, you know, without us. They just like could be a, just a normal character. Mm, they're on to us. They're on to us. They're making it harder to just guess. Yeah, um, but also when you said TM TM TM, it made me real. I was reminded that I saw the trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. And it looks so cute and fun. It does look so cute and fun. I was being kind of a hater about some of the trailers when I went to see Barbie. Like, I was oh. just like, dumb. This is dumb. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Yelling I just... <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Not actually, but in my head, slash whispered to a friend. Um, but then uh, that one came on, and I... I was silent. And was, she fell silent on that <laughs> was one. Was I silent or was I silenced? <laughs> I was silenced by the whimsy and the beautiful claymation style. Yeah, the the um, 
the animation looks amazing. And I really like that they seem like actual teenagers. And like teen, they're like teenagers. They're mutated teenagers. <laughs> they're mutated teenage <laughs> reptiles of a and sort. They, and they take martial arts. They're ninjas. Yeah. You might not know. Might not. <laughs> <laughs> But it does. It looks really cute. It, I, I yeah. think I'll probably see it. But, well, I I would join you for that. Oh, it's a date. It's a date because I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love the old, the old ones, but um, uh, but then there was a really bad one, and I you know haven't been back. Oh yeah, I, I've never seen one of the movies. I've only oh, ever seen the show. First one's incredible. The second one, terrible. Oh. Which, uh, which turtle are you? Mm, if you had to pick. I don't remember how different they are from yeah. each other. <laughs> like, there's like the smart one and the... Smart one, brash one, leader. funny one. Who knows? Yeah, let's be honest. I'm the... Which Renaissance painter <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you? the analog is. Like, which, which painter is which, but... Well, we'll do our research and come back. Maybe for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle episode. Ooh. Um, okay, so we'd like to thank Saskatoon Zagarys for letting us use their song Manituna for our theme song. And we'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and all of you at home for lending us your ears. We're broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, so give us a follow and have a good night. Bye, Barbie. Bye. <laughs>